We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. The Exxon is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And we're heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Simul TV. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, for the programming that we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for our programming on the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, www.simultv.com. And in the search engine on the page, type in Exxon. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Margaret Dempsey. And uh, Margaret has been interested in spirituality since the age of nine. She is the author of Female Kundalini, which was published in 2008. It is her spiritual autobiography. And in 2013, she was uh, gifted a book which was a spiritual autobiography of a realizer. It spoke to her heart and changed her life. And she has been a devotee of this realizer since 2013. Her website, consciousnessitself.org. And joining me now is Margaret Dempsey. And Margaret, welcome to the X-Zone. Thanks very much, Rob. I just want to correct that. That, that website, Consciousness Itself, is really the, the website of a um, publication of that realizer. So it's not my website, but, that, but it's a really good website. So yeah, but it's not mine. All right, which one but is yours? Um, well, I don't have one now oh, okay. at the moment. All right, so gotcha. Just, yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about the um, the realizer. Yeah, so what is a realizer? I've never heard this uh, phrase before. Someone who has realized why human beings suffer. You know, mm. we all tend to suffer. I mean, I suffered. My, my journey started when I was nine, you know, because I had um, these really buck teeth, you know, these prominent front teeth. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I, was, I was teased mercilessly right. at school, you know, and I used to go home and I'd say to my mom, you know, I want these teeth, you know, gone. And she'd say, well, when you're 12, we'll give you braces. So I was a nine, you know, I mean, right. 12 was like eternity, uh-huh. you know. And so I, I realized that, you know, I couldn't do anything about it. It seemed like my parents couldn't do anything with, about it. Um, I was a staunch Catholic. I was brought to Mass every Sunday, and I was told that this was God's house. You know, we were going to God's house. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll start to pray to God, because this seems to be the only person. So my prayer was very simple. It was, dear God, take my teeth. And I don't know for how long 
that that went on. But one day I was going to school uh, on my own and we lived in England at the time, in London. Mm -hmm. And in London at that time, the pavements are very uneven or they were very uneven, you know. And so I was kind of skipping along and I had my, my hands deep into the pockets of my coat and I tripped on the pavement and right there and then the two teeth came right out on the pavement um, and it's hard to uh, underestimate, you know, the or over-underestimate the mm-hmm. impact of that. You know, suddenly here was my prayer answered. Okay, it was answered very, very brutally, you could say, but um, it, it was answered. You know, those teeth were gone, um, and so that really did set me off on a path of really knowing that there was something that was greater than than I was, um, and then. So, and also what it did then was mm-hmm. it really made me look at Catholic religion in terms of it was always like there's this God that, that rewards you if you're good and punishes you if you're bad. And that really didn't sit with my experience, you know, because I knew I wasn't a great little girl and yet this prayer had been answered. So I kind of just started to um, look at things that were said to me in, in that light. And then I went to a Catholic boarding school when I was 13 and we had a priest there who had had a kind of a nervous breakdown, and he thought that he was sent to say mass for the boarders uh, because it would have been a gent- more of a gentle break-in for him to go back into parish life. And so he, he came and he said one mass. He only said one mass, but it really changed me. He said that God wants spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. You can imagine how that went down in a Catholic boarding school with the nuns one side of us and the other boarders the other side. But something about that, something about the distinction between religious and spiritual really spoke to me. And I, I didn't know the difference, but I really, I really came down on the side of spiritual. And in that moment, I made the decision that I was going to be spiritual. I had no idea what that was or anything. I was only 13. So right. I had no idea what, what that was. Um, but then it, it, it's funny, you know, you think you're in charge of your life, but suddenly things started to happen. And, um, and then in 1988, I, um, I, well, I was, after that, I kind of explored a little bit through the occult. You know, I did tarot cards. I did chirology, which is the Chinese art of hand analysis. I did all of that kind of thing. And then the teacher that was teaching the chirology, the Chinese hand analysis, said to me one day, I'm going to be starting an introductory course on Buddhism. And I was a bit like, what's Buddhism? You know, because I was like, all I knew was Catholicism. And he said, well, come along and, you know, see what you think. And that night, you know, that Mm -hmm. concept of karma for the Buddhism and things like that really spoke to me. And I really saw that there was a level of responsibility that we have to have for our own lives. Um, And that had nothing to do with this God creator thing. So I so I did um, Buddhism for almost ten years, you know. So so that that's kind of a spiritual process, and it's it's a process that's open to everyone. Not everyone will take it because um, it's it's not easy, you know, um, in certain ways. But it really is very rewarding. And then in um, so I did Buddhism until um, 1997, and then I kind of felt that actually. There was more here. I didn't know what there was because Buddhism is, is quite a it's, a, it's a very high practice, if you like, you know. Um, but I, I felt that there was more. So um, I went to India, um, traveling around India, and I did a, um, 
meditation retreat, which um, was 10 days silent in, in Bodh Gaya. Um, and that was, that was really quite amazing because it was silent. And so you, you feel that you want to talk to everybody. Um, and then when the silence is broken at the end, you find you can't, that the, the ability to talk has gone. So silence is very, very powerful. So this is a roundabout way leading up to your question as to what's a realizer. Yeah. And so then um, I, uh, in India, I, I met a man which um, you, he just said to me that life would get better. Um, and I didn't know what that meant. So I came back and then in 1998, I had um, an experience where sort of energy came up from the base of my spine up through my through my body mm -hmm. um i didn't know what that was but there is a phenomena in eastern mysticism called kundalini right now i didn't know about this rob you know i, I never knew about this when i was studying um buddhism because it was a, a, a mahayana buddhism didn't really speak about energies in the body you know if i'd been doing tantra you know, or Vajrayana, or one of those Buddhist um, philosophies, I would have learned about this energy that is at the base of the, the spine. But I, I didn't know about it, so I experienced this. Um, and it really is a life changer, you know, in terms of shifting consciousness. And that's what the spiritual process is all about, it's shifting your consciousness. Um, so, anyway, I um, had that experience, and... The first time you have a spiritual experience is it's um, a, a time to be extremely vigilant because, you know, you can, you can get um, ideas that you're in some way, you know, you know the concept of enlightenment. You've heard of it, haven't you? Sure, You've definitely, yeah. Enlightenment. Yeah. So you can have a, um, an, an experience and it can be extremely powerful. And then it's a very quick, it's a very quick transition mm -hmm. to you know, um, there's something special about me, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so that was kind of how Kundalini can operate because it's quite a powerful energy. You know, in the human body, there are three realms of experience. You've got the gross, which is just the bodily, you know, the bodily um, functions and the bones and the respiratory. You've got the gross, but then you've got the subtle realm of experience. Know where the realm of dreams come in. All right, stand by, uh, stand by, Margaret. You and I have to take our first break. Exonation, Margaret Dempsey is our special guest this hour. And Margaret and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Margaret Dempsey is my special guest of this hour, and um, I have to I have to ask you, what is a realizer? It's somebody who's realized why human beings suffer. You know, um, all all realizers, mm -hmm. like the Buddha said, people suffer. You know, that's a fact of life. That suffering is a fact of life, and every realizer 
has um, a kind of theory about why. You know, for the Buddha, it was because of desire. You know, you suffer because you have desires. You know, um, you want to be with people, and then there are certain things you want to do, and there are certain things you want to avoid. And right. That's the sort of suffering. Um, well, could it also be? Could it also I'm be? Sorry. Could it also be said that people are stupid? Well, people are loyal to the wrong master. You know, they're loyal to their minds and their thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what the source of suffering is: is the bondage to mind and thinking. That's what my, re- my oh, okay. uh, uh, realizer believes, and that's what I have experienced in my own life, that when you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, um, that it's, um, it's, it's not what happens to us, it's our interpretations, it's the thoughts we have about it, you know, that make us suffer. Is it possible that since we don't have all the information that is necessary at times, we make mistakes? Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is true. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, instead of, you know, looking at the source of the suffering, what we tend to do is try and numb it um, by doing different things. You know, people out there, you know, conventional people you know, do it through drink and drugs and cigarettes and things right. like that. And mystics do it through trying to escape from the world, you know, going into transcendental realms, you know, yeah. which isn't it either. You know, um, as a human being, we have a huge gift, which is to really um, look at, instead of trying to numb it or Mm. or get rid of the suffering, just really look at it. What's the source of it? So what we have to do is face uh, face our demons. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of yeah, instead of medicating them, mm-hmm. you know, face them and just sure. see that all it is is that it's it's just the pain of suffering that's caused from contraction from our divine state of consciousness. You know, we are we are consciousness. That's what we are. But we 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 don't we don't get it. You know, we identify with the body and the mind and the thinking and the thoughts, and that identification is what causes suffering. And a realizer is one who has realized the falseness of that identification and has taken them, themselves and their body-mind through a process, through a yogic process, through changes in the body-mind that has, um, that has resulted in that experiencing and that living as that state of consciousness. And that's what a realizer is. All right, all right. In, in the bio you sent us, uh, and this is a quote, in 2013 yeah. I was gifted a book which was my spiritual autobiography of a realizer. It spoke to my heart and changed my life. I have been a devotee of this realizer since 2013. So who is this realizer this that you're realizer a devotee? This realizer is he's called Adidas Samraj. He had a lot of names. People may have known him as Baba Free John or Adar Free John. Um, and the reason why this person spoke to me, and he's no longer in the body he passed in 2008, mm-hmm. is because all my life I had been doing spiritual techniques. You know, I had been a Buddhist, I was doing those techniques, I was a Kundalini yoga teacher, I was doing those techniques, right. um, and none of them worked, you know, they, they didn't work in terms of relieving me from the, 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 the pain and, and suffering. And it was only when I read his autobiography where he said experiences or techniques aren't it. Techniques will not give you this lasting, abiding um, contentment and, and peace and happiness that is what consciousness itself is um the only thing that will give that to you is a relationship and that and, the, and it's a relationship to an adept realizer it's an it's a, a relationship to a realizer who not only has spoken about the process but has actually 
gone through the entire process to be an avatar. And an avatar is someone right. who has actually gone through the whole process and then returns back. Well, let, let, me, ask you, let me ask you, what's the difference between what you're talking about now and Catholicism? Well, Catholicism says that there's this God, right. you know, that, that, um, that it kind of um, rewards you when you're good and punishes you when you're bad. And what Adida would say was Catholicism is sort of exoteric, right? It's right. an exoteric religion. It's about rituals. It's about ceremonies. It's about um, socialism. Um, the the part of, of the heart is, a real, is an esoteric one. It's, yeah. part, it's, it's to do with... Um, it's to do with yogic processes in the body, but it's to do also with uh, the path of devotion, which is turning away from the egoic mind and being related. But is it, is, isn't that the same message that you get in Christianity? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, in the, in the form that when people mm-hmm. are um, Catholics, they're turning, if you like, they're turning to to a god, right? You know, they are surrendering to a god. Well, is it is it possible that the people who turn to a god can be you turning to a realizer? No, because in, in many many cases, when people turn to God, mm-hmm. they want God to um, you know make their lives better. In some ways, they haven't taken responsibility. But in order to make their lives better, the Bible teaches you that you have to do the work yourself. Yes. That is what the Bible teaches, and that's right. the, the original Dharma. But unfortunately, the, the reality is is that people don't practice it that way. Well, I know a lot of spiritual people who, who practice different uh, forms of spirituality, like you do, who don't follow their, the tenets of the spiritual philosophy that they're supposed to be following, too. So what's the difference? But all I can tell you is mm-hmm. that from the age of nine, right. you know, I've been on this path. You know, that's why I gave you a bit of my history. Right. You know? Because I'm not this, you know, I'm not this wide-eyed girl, you know, woman who's just found this person and is now kind of all, no, you know, I mean, this was a big ordeal for me to do. Because in my book, Female Kundalini, which I wrote because mm-hmm. I felt that Kundalini was it, it. I felt that, you know, at, 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 when it first um, happened, I thought, this is it. You know, this is what everybody, what every spiritual seeker wants is this Kundalini energy. It's at the base of the spine. You know, there's books written about it and everything like that. And I thought, you know, I've got this. It's changed. You know, my conscience. Why, why do I still feel there's something missing? Why do right. I feel it's just not it? Why do I feel that? Well, the and Kundalini, so they... 2013, when this book came in yeah. and this person said, you know, no experience is it. it. That, for me, was just like my heart went, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I can't look, I'm not saying to every, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual journey is like your DNA, you know, or the, your, your, your fingerprint. It's right. completely individual to everybody. Right. And I'm not saying that this is the way. I'm, I'm just giving this interview from a personal point of view in terms of my own journey from going from technique to relationship and the difference that that's made. But in the West, you know, you, you, there's such this fear of the, of, 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 but it's, it's an egoic fear. That's, that's what people don't realize, is this, you know, reluctance to, you know, surrender, to, um, to turn away from the egoic mind to, um, to a realizer, to put that trust right, in so that realizer. How do, you, do how, do you, how do you define an egoic mind? Um, that's a really good question. The, the ego is um, a construct that's put together in language, 
Um, but it's it's very powerful, you know, um, and it's the it it it's it's what makes all our decisions for us. But it doesn't unless you're aware of it, unless you've become um, you understand how it operates. It it just it, it, it just runs life. It runs life, and, and it runs it without people's awareness. Well, I, I, I have a problem with that because I don't yeah. think that I let... <laughs> well, you know, you, I let you speak, so let me speak now. There, yeah. there, you know, there, there are times when I can agree with you that certain people lead their lives following their egotistical mannerisms. However, on a day-to-day basis, I don't let my ego get in my way. I think of other people, the ripple effect of, yeah. of my decisions and what I th- do think and say, how it affects others. Now, if I was an egotistical person, I wouldn't give a damn about anybody else. Yeah, no, this is, this is egoity at a much deeper level. This is the egoity that doesn't want to have anything to do with the spiritual life. That's the egoist mind I'm, I'm talking about. And I know what I'm talking about because... That night that I read mm-hmm. the autobiography, my heart was just jumping for joy. It was like so happy that all of the the questions I had that, had, that I'd never spoken to anybody right. about because they just seemed to be so, you know, different that they were all answered here. So I went to bed that night really happy. But the next morning, my mind started. Oh no, you know, you you're an author, a female Kundalini. You know, you've 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 really state. You know, you've you've invested. So much in this, you know, you know, going this path is not the right thing for you to do. Look at what you wrote in your female Kundalini book that you would never have a guru, you know, that you wouldn't give your power away. Look at the loss of faith that you're going to have if you go down this route. That's the egoic mind that I'm talking about. All right, you and, and I have to take a mind. commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Exo Nation, our guest this hour is Margaret Dempsey. And uh, Margaret and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. A couple of things, X-Zone Nation. If you would like to read the new edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper, it will be online this Thursday at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Some of the articles that we have include exposing the F.A. Mitchell Hedges crystal skull hoax, as well as exposing the truth behind the Mandela effect. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. I'll be back with Margaret Dempsey on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying thank you now get a sausage McMuffin sausage biscuit sausage burrito or hash browns choose two for two fifty. enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars price of participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer a combo meal single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A 
ExoNation, Margaret Dempsey is our guest this hour. And Margaret, let me ask you this. You know, you were telling us in the previous uh, segment about you received this book, and as you're reading it, it answers all your questions, and you, you, something, you felt something that you hadn't felt before. Could this be equated to the same way a person who reads a, a passage or a part of the Bible that really touches them in a, in a special way, and they too would have this same revelation in their lives? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It's mm-hmm. a conversion okay. of, a, of a kind, you know, absolutely. Um, the, the difference is, is that the conversion, when you, um, when you read something um, from a realizer, is that, you, that I, let me speak about I, is that I, oh, the heart, not mm-hmm. the mind, the heart recognized the truth of it. And that's the truth that the heart wants to follow. Um, and in someone that has another realization, it could be, I mean, I don't know, but there is an op- there's the possibility that that could be like a glimpse, you know, that that could be a first spiritual experience, which I spoke about, which is where you need a lot of vigilance so that the spiritual ego doesn't get in there. All right, you know, so... Because a, a lot of... Yeah. Um, and... Um, for me, that, that was how I knew. You know, Rob, I, I mean, i had been, if you'd like, i had been a, a spiritual seeker or searcher, you know, since the age of nine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I knew, I'd read everyone, you know, I'd read Aurobindo, I'd read, I'd read Osho, I'd read everything that you could find. The wonder was that I hadn't come across that Ida and but any wh- of his... But what were you searching it, for? You know? What were you searching for? Well, the first thing I was searching for was that power that took my teeth to say thank you. You know, that was what my search was really about, you know, because I was absolutely convinced, you know, that that's something, you know, very powerful was there. Right. You know, so it, it, it became about, about that, really. You know, there wasn't any um, search. But, but in, my, in mm. my doing all of these techniques, I noticed that my mind, you know, that there was still suffering there, that I was still um, anxious and nervous. And, and, and what happened when I um, read that, book was what happened was the heart became quiet i couldn't believe it you know there was no more searching you know i mean i I was teaching kundalini yoga because i thought that that was the the complete um top of spiritual experience but the heart was still restless you know and i was a bit like you know what is going on here Mm -hmm. and then the minute that i read that autobiography the heart calmed and since since then, it's been calm and happy. And All right. Can, can, we, can we say that when you or other people who follow the different paths of, of uh, spiritual philosophies, when they have a kundalini effect, can we equate that to a Christian who has the, who receives the Holy Spirit and the feeling that they get, the enlightenment, the joy? Well, you see, that's, that's the thing, that's what's different, because um, the kundalini mm-hmm. is very much um, a product of nervous system activity. You know, it's an energy that's at the base of the spine, yeah. um, and there's lots of books written about it. You know, certain people say that if you do techniques that you can raise it, and people try and raise it, you know. But in 2013, I put on the first conference in the UK right. called Kundalini Matters, because I was worried about it, you know, because um, if you don't prepare properly, it, it can have a 
you know, not a great effect mentally, you know. So um, the difference with the Holy Spirit, and this is where the difference where a realizer gives their transmission, it's not that cosmic energy. It's something that comes from outside of you in, you know, like the Holy Spirit comes from outside in. Well, what's the the difference? The energy tends to go from from the base, the spine up. One is cosmic energy, and the other one is divine energy, if that's what... Well... to me, they're both the same. Yes, but one is, tr- is triggered by activity in the nervous system because that, that is um, it's purification energy in the body to take the body through the, the yogic processes that's necessary to be able to realize that what my realizer said is that we are just consciousness. All right, now yeah. hold on here, hold on here. If I'm reading a book and the book, you know, puts me into a state where I believe I'm having a spiritual experience. That is a nervous, that is a reaction that is triggered by my nerves. So why isn't that considered as a kundalini experience? Because it doesn't emanate from the base of the spine? Yeah, that, I mean, I had that experience of emanating from the base of the spine. Mm-hmm. And then in 2013, when I became a devotee, I was initiated into the third, you know, this four congregations in the, in, the, in the school, and I was initiated into the third congregation. And at that point in initiation, the energy that came in was not coming up from the base of my spine. It came right down into my whole body, and it filled me with this kind of love and bliss and contentment. And that's how I can tell the difference between the two energies. So you if know, you... One if, energy, uh, you do it yourself, you do it by creature effort, you mm-hmm. do it by, by um, techniques... Um, but by being, by turning to a realizer and having right. that level of humility and surrender and ego forgetting, then you open yourself up to receive this other divine energy, which in the East is well known. It's called Shaktipat, which is not Kundalini. Okay. It's a different kind of energy. It's called Shaktipat. Uh, all right. So would you say that an initiation into the different uh, levels that you've gone through could be equated to a, a baptism? Yeah, yeah, it, okay. it, it could be equated to a baptism, right. but the context for it is different. Your context mm-hmm. is that you have, you know, in some form taken a leap of faith, which I was ready to do mm-hmm. after 30-odd years or 40-odd years of, of reading and saying, right. I was ready to do this because I saw the truth of it, you know, um, and, and, and that's what I was ready to do. But everybody's path, like I said, you know, it's like the fingerprint. Everybody's path is completely different. But the thing to do is not to ignore that, that heart urge to go for the sacred and mistake it and med- self-medicate by, by drugs and alcohol and, and cigarettes and things like that. But, you know, these are very much, as you said in the, your front top of the show, you know, it's a personal opinion. I'm mm-hmm. not telling everyone to live their life. I'm just giving my journey. Oh, sure. And I'm just promoting, I'm just talking about... I'm trying to undo some of the damage that's been done in the West about not wanting to have a guru devotee. Why did why did you change? Uh, you were you were starting to say promoting, and you caught yourself. Yeah, I know. I am promoting. I am right. promoting because the guru devotee relationship has got such bad press, you know. And and yet, it's the only thing in from my experience, mm-hmm. my forty years of experience of doing techniques. Right. They don't work. If you're interested in enlightenment, if you're really serious about it, and you really want to have that experience, that state of consciousness that's free from suffering, and that's um, full of love, bliss, contentment, if you're really serious about that, then 
then it, it, the, not technique, but a relationship to a, a realizer is, 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 is essential. If you're not, you know, and, and it's not something mm-hmm. that everybody is interested in. Like you said to me at the top of this interview, what's a realizer? So yeah. obviously, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I am sorry if I've made this wrong presumption, but spirituality or an interest in spirituality is not something that features very high for you. Would I be right for that in that? No, you're very wrong. Okay. You're, okay. you're very well, wrong. just what I gleaned from when you said to me, what's the realization? Well, because, because I've never heard of that before. Have you heard of... Um, that doesn't mean, okay. that doesn't mean I d- I'm not spiritual, because no. I am a Christian, which means that I believe in the spirit of Christianity, oh, right. which makes me a, a spiritualist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it comes down to, um, you know, the type of... of I suppose, realizers, you know, they would tend to be esoteric, you know, they tended to be focused on um, yogic processes in their own bodies, you know, like, like um, um, Osho and, and uh, Dang, but, but um, they, they, they were different too, because they were dealing solely with techniques. As such, with, with Adida, he's really clear, you know, he doesn't offer any techniques. Yes, there are certain practices, mm-hmm. but they're not done in, uh, to achieve anything. They're done as a response to the heart's attraction to him, you know? Why? And so in that way, they're not done with any kind of effort or struggle. They're just done in response. So the whole path of, of Adidar, Adidam, or the reality way of the heart is the way of heart attraction to, to him. Uh, and... and you know, mm. I, I can honestly say that in since 2013, um, since becoming a devotee, my life has just been so different in terms of how it flows, um, how it just, yeah, how it comes together, and how my my self understanding and how my understanding of the of of spirituality has just, you know, just deepened. If, so, if um, spirituality is as real outside of yeah. religious philosophies, how come there are so many different types of spirituality, so many different types of philosophies? Think about that, because I've got to take my commercial break uh, for the uh, for the final segment of the show, so please stand by. Exonation, our guest this hour is Margaret Dempsey. And uh, Margaret and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'd like to say hi to a very special uh, listener and a good friend of mine, Joe Gurney, who was the chief engineer at 610 CKTB when I was there. Uh, thanks to Joe and his many hours of patience with me when I was learning in the broadcast industry. Here we are today, 30 years later. Still in the Exxon. And now, the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Joe, if you're listening, my friend, thank you for all you've done, especially your friendship. Now, there's a man who knows what having a heart is all about. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying thank you 
Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome back, Margaret Dempsey is my guest of this hour. Uh, Margaret, okay, so let, help me to understand this. As, as a, uh, a devotee, yeah. the realizer would be like the, the head of the local chapter or like a, like a, um, like a minister or a priest in, in a religious philosophy? Well, yeah. What? What? Ten, what? You know. You asked me a really very good question just before the break. Mm-hmm. You asked me about you know the realizers. You know that each one has a different right. kind of realization. How mm-hmm. could that be? You know, and and that was really good. And that was the one thing too. I was always wondering about because I had read so much of all of the you know the the, the myst- you know the the big ones like yeah. Baba Muktananda and. Sri Aurobindo and Osho, and I'd, I'd read them all, mm-hmm. you know, Alice Bailey. I'd read everything, and I was a bit like, well, you know, every one of them has a certain realization, but how can they all be so different, you know? And that was the other thing that really convinced me of the, the truth of who Adida was, in that he talked about the great path of return, and he talked about there being seven stages that the ego goes through on its way back to God, if you like, in, in its kind of search. Um, and the first three stages are really the, the physical, the emotional, and the mental um, stages, you know, they're trying to um, gain some mastery and control over those stages. Okay. And then you have the fourth stage, which is the, the way of the heart, which is where you see the divine as something other than yourself. You know, consciousness is something other than yourself. That's the fourth stage. And then the fifth stage is kind of the stage of, of Kundalini, you know, and mystical experiences and visions and things like that. You know, that's the kind of fifth stage. So people who have experiences in the fifth stage of life would, be, would speak about and talk about and write about those realizations. Mm. So Baba Muktananda used to talk about the blue pearl that he saw, you know, so that was kind of like a vision, you know. Um, and then you had the, the sixth um, stage, which is the, um, the, the transcendental, which is where the Buddhist stage kind of um, comes in and so those stages you know are all um, what we all that was already available um, Adida says the seventh stage which is that your consciousness right from the beginning you know so you don't have to go through all those stages if you just turn um, and and um, and you know be be, uh, be humble mm-hmm. enough to follow the 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 reality three ways of Adidam, which is really radical devotion, right life practices, and perfect knowledge. You you that's said the, that there was negative press, and that you wanted to basically set the record straight. Now, what is that? What kind of negative press have you heard of? Well, um, when a realizer has a realization, in mm-hmm. many cases, most cases, there's a, a really overwhelming urge to share, you know, what they've realized. Right. And so then they begin, because it's the heart's 
you know, it's a heart response to want to do that. You know, I mean, that's why, in a way, I became a Kundalini Yoga teacher because okay, so, it's so. what I had experienced and I wanted to share. So they set up, you know, schools and devotees mm-hmm. become attracted. Um, and then somewhere along the line, and, I, you know, I know because I was in one of these groups many, many years ago, and that's why in my book, Female Kundalini, I, I, you know, I speak about it, and I speak about the pain it caused, and I speak about how I resolved. Well, well, tell us about tell us about the negative press that you said that that was experienced, and this is why you wanted to basically set the record straight. Um, because the negative um, press is is about well, there is negative stress about Adidas out there. Why? You know? um, and that's what I wanted to. Um, get straight because, um, you know, I never met Adidar in the body. I never, you know, I can only speak about his ongoing transmission, which he promised, um, and that's why there is no successor in Okay, 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 okay. I want you to focus on this question. Why yeah. is there negative press? Because, um, because of a misunderstanding of the way that the guru-devotee relationship works. I think that's the main reason. I think that you know, um, a realizer mm-hmm. um, has, wants and desperately wants to be able to give what they've given to people. Um, and, and because it's, um, because it's not always possible to do that, if you look at the number of, of realizers who've actually had devotees who became realizers, there aren't that many. You know, um, but every every realizer really wants people to be able to. Okay, have so that how so where does self, the negativity yeah. come in from the press? Um, well, it's I'm thinking of one particular journalist actually who's who's made it their life work to expose um, to expose different realizer groups, and I just think that the whole principle of the devotee relationship is not understood. Well, you know what? Being on the outside, you know, this sounds a lot like a cult. It is is if you're worshipping, if you're devoted to the person as a person, but if you recognize their state Mm -hmm. of consciousness, that's what you become devoted to. You become devoted to wanting that state of consciousness. I never met Adidas in the body. You know, I I never met him when he was alive, so I've got no reason to be, you know, devoted to his, his person. I'm attracted to his person, but mm-hmm. I'm not devoted. What I'm devoted to is his state of consciousness, his freedom, his love, this, his contentment, you know, his absolute, and, and the fact that I resonate with everything that he has gone through as something that I've gone through. So um, that's what I'm devoted to. Okay. I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know him in the body, so why, why would it be a cult for All me? All right, so, so answer, answer me this. If you've never met him... Yeah. How do you know what he said is true? A lot of people write a lot of things in a lot of books that are strictly fiction. Or How many people have had 40 years of experience in this path, and then they come across something? I, I've spoken, I've spoken to quite a few over the years. Yeah, well, that's my... I mean, I can, I'm only talking about my own experience mm. in this interview. And, and that's, that's, that's what the heart... The heart never lies. That's you know, true. The heart does not lie. You know, the mind can make up all kinds of things and thoughts, but the heart, and as I said, you know, mm-hmm. I, my heart is happy and at home. And I can't, I can't, you know, I can't give you any more than that, you know. And you ask me, how do I know that yeah. what he says is true? How do you know? Um, I don't, but the heart, 
the heart does and and the evidence in my life and the relationships I have now and how happy I am now. Well, there there's a good question. How has this how has being a realizer or being a devotee of a realizer changed your life on a day-to-day basis? I'm happy. I know that might seem really trite. No, 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 no. Happiness is important in a person's life. Yeah, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really able to, you know, I, I know that this life, beautiful as it is, fantastic as it is, is not, is, is, is not ultimately designed to fulfill you know, it, it, and, and so I, I know that, and, and I, my own experience of that has, right. has taught me that. Okay, and so when I have accepted mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and it, he, he calls that positive disillusion, when you, when you actually do really see that this life isn't functioning to, to work out, then that's okay. You can let this life be as it is. All right, you know? because, so because, the, because we're running very low on time right now, we have less than two minutes. I have to ask right. you, what, based on being a devotee of a realizer, yeah. what happens when you die? What happens when this physical body just gives up? Well, I don't know, because I haven't died, Rob, but I can only, I can only um, speculate. Mm-hmm. And what I feel is, as a devotee of a realizer, that yes, my body will go, the elements will go into right. the ground, but the consciousness, my consciousness that has committed itself to realize the consciousness that Adidar is, not, not the cultic figure, but the consciousness, his consciousness, that that consciousness will, will carry me through to the next part of my journey, which is as his realizer, um, or as his devotee, <laughs> as his devotee, because that's what he's promised. He's promised that, although he's no longer here in the body, that his transmission, he is here, and his transmission is here, and I can just have to, hand on heart, say that is so true. Have you felt it? Yes. As I said to you, when I became that third mm-hmm. uh, congregation devotee, the energy that came down in, from down through the head was different to the Kundalini energy that came up through the spine. How many, how many members are there in your congregation? Well, not many. This is the unfortunate thing. We've only got less than 1,500 mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, as he said, it's a hard, but it's a happy school, you know, because everybody wants techniques. You know, people do yoga because it's a technique. People do meditation because it's te- technique. The idea of relationship is like, no, 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 not going to do. And yet, that's paradoxically, that is where the, the real happiness, but it's, a count, it's counter-egoic. You know, the ego wants to do the techniques. The ego wants to, you know, do the things. The right. ego wants to get, but the, t- the relationship is kind of turning away from the ego. And this is why it's so difficult to really um, do. And, and, and he, he accepted that. He said, you know, the world is run by egoity. You know, it's it, until people wake up to the impact mm. of the ego and the danger it's, it's doing, not just individually. All right, also. Margaret, we have to say so long for tonight because our time has just run short. And Exonation, our guest this hour, has been Margaret Dempsey. Unfortunately, the young lady does not have a website I can point you to. But... Um, there you go. It's uh, she does have a book, so I'm sure if you Google uh, her name and look for autobiography of a realizer, that you'll be able to to find it. Wow! Another hour has gone by, and I will be back on the other side of this break.
as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Are you a believer or are you a skeptic? To me, it sounded like a cult. It's funny that she couldn't find spirituality in an established religious philosophy, but she found it just by reading a book. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? We'll be back. Don't go away. wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. ba 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 